so that I'd have an obligatory Facebook photo mm -hmm. for graduation. That's good. I still have yet to put up pretty much any of my pictures from the school year. I've been busy. You are a busy soul. Moving into your own place is a busy thing. Kind of tiring, too. Mm. Where are you I can moving understand to? That. I, well, I moved Elsewhere off in the camp. same city? or Elsewhere in the same city. Mm. So I graduated not last week, but week before, that Friday. Okay, it sounds like somebody's breathing through a straw, but trying to do Darth Vader noises. Great. <laughs> I'm hearing beeping. I don't hear breathing, which means it's probably me. Yeah, well, unfortunately, this new mic is super, super, super sensitive. And even moving it away, it still picks up breathing. I'm going to do my best, guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm good at talking. I can keep talking. So, <laughs> well, come on. I have stuff to talk about. All so right. It's true, you do. So I graduated about a week and a half, a little over, under a week and a half ago. And I'm staying in, mm -hmm. I'm staying in Oklahoma. I'm staying in the area. I've been in my apartment for a little over a week now. She's all grown up, our little Scarlet. She's all grown up. It's kind of weird. <laughs> uh-huh, especially since I keep reminding you. I know. Well, you know, got to do that sometimes. Who did the banner for the forum and everything? You? No, the one for graduation. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ray. I will have to pass along my thanks to Ray. There you go. I meant to ask, but I was a little distracted. You were busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a few things going on. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, what with family in town and then graduating and moving and getting set up and realizing my, my parents were leaving and I was staying. Scary. Yes, it is. Well, we have had a wild week here at Casas Who. Oh, yes? My brother had surgery. My brother had surgery on Friday for a hernia. So he's been laid up and mom's been going down and, and taking him food and stuff like that. And then last night, Calvin called and said, I just crashed my bike and I've hurt my wrist and I'm at the movie theater. Can you come get me? Because I don't think I can ride home. So she brought him home and his back's all scratched up and his hands are just, you know, road rashed and he hurt his wrist really bad. So we took him home after berating him for not wearing a helmet. And then today, mom went to the eye doctor because her eyes have been really bothering her and the local eye doctor keeps saying there's nothing wrong. Well, there's something really wrong and now she's going to have to have eye surgery to try to save crud. Hang on just a minute. Hey, mom's out with the chickens, I think, and I can't talk because I'm live on the air. <laughs> okay. Not live, but... Well... Is she back in the house? She's breathing, so that does mean she she's live. back in the house. All right. That's true. And I prefer alive. that kind. Of, I prefer that kind of Sue to the alternative. Yeah, that's good. This huh? is true. We don't want zombie Sue. No, that is scary. We want bridge. <laughs> I'm glad I'm all the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, that's my excitement. Yeah, various and, things happening. And this week's going to be wild because tonight's a podcast, tomorrow night's a podcast, Wednesday we're going out to dinner, Thursday is a ball game. Friday is a night off, and then Saturday I get to go mm. see Harry and the Potters. Woohoo! Well, there you go. I like Harry and the Potters. Not as much as Lena or the Whomping Willows, but it gives me my Harry Potter fix, so it's cool. Mm -hmm. I like them as people. I don't enjoy their singing as much, but, mm -hmm. eh, you know. Their live performances are exciting, so they're fun mm -hmm. to go to. Yeah. But, yeah, I do 
kind of prefer some of the other music, but it's fun, and I, I like to do it, so. Well, I have a podcast now, and the podcast tomorrow, and I have to go vote tomorrow, because it's our provincial election, and um, on Friday, I'm going out to see Greece. I saw that. Cool. Other theater. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The guy from and the- I'm still being half of what I have, half of the department I used to be a third of, so, you know, things are busy that way, too. But. Did somebody quit or get fired, or are they yeah, just on vacation? Yeah, our food writer moved back to Edmonton because she managed to get a job there, and that's where her family lives, so well. we have, my boss and I have divided up all the work between the two of us, but, yeah. <laughs> Well, see, it keeps you off Facebook, then. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Probably not as much as it should. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm ditching tomorrow night's podcast. I was going to be in the audience, but I got a better offer. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. People I can actually interact with in person. I was going to say, you food. can interact with us, but we wouldn't be in person and we wouldn't feed you. So I yeah, suppose. So, you know, there, there are pluses to this other uh, option. We'll so excuse you. Is there Firefly involved? <laughs> well, I don't think there'll be Firefly involved. There might be fireflies. I'm, are there fireflies in Oklahoma? If there are, they're not in OKC, I don't think. Oh, all right. I don't think they'd be in the city area. Mm-hmm. We had them at Grandpa's in Nebraska, but I guess he wasn't cityfied. Yeah, I'm very cityified. Oh, no fun. I can't help it. It's how I was raised. <laughs> Come on, I grew up in Vegas. That's true. That's pretty cityfied. Well, it sounds like we all have been busy. The guy from the dog park, Scott, he's he's the actor that, that was in... Uh, uh, Grim? Grim, yes, thank you. Has landed a the sheriff's role in Showboat. Ah. So he his opening night was Friday, and I heard he did really well. And okay. I said, do you sing? And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he said it's the singing's really spectacular. So it sounds like it you would be a fun to thing that. to see. Yeah. I thought about it. There's a lot going on right now, so I don't know. No, that's true. Your social calendar is very busy. It is, and I don't usually have much of a social calendar, so it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need one of those. <laughs> well, yours sounds pretty busy, too. You're going out with real-life people and eating food and, and things. Yeah, but, I mean, after tomorrow, my week gets kind of boring. There's pluses and minuses to both. I find when... Things otherwise are boring. That's when I do random stuff on the internet, and therefore I'm not bored. Mm-hmm. It's more of I need to get out. Ah. Uh, Once a day. And you know, I have three books that are out of the library already at the moment. So. <laughs> yeah, I finished the book I was reading today. It's one of those where the guy, the the husband died, and you know, the whole thing is about how rotten he was, and he's left her with all this debt and everything. And I'm like, he's not dead. He's not dead. I know he's not dead. And guess what? He wasn't dead. So. However, did you guess? I know. I think I've <laughs> read a few too many of these books. <laughs> but it was a good story, and the characters were really well written, so I enjoyed it. That's and fun. It's one of my favorite authors, so that was cool, too. Mm-hmm. Did I ever recommend the Anne Walsh original series to you? You may have. Is that just to reminded me of that? Because it's her, well, She's got a few on the go, and she's written the first book of each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one that she published was basically a Regency romance kind of setting with a fantasy twist. Ooh. Um, 
So it seems like you might enjoy that. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. That reminds me, I need to put hers on my iPad so, I, so I'll actually sit down and read them at some point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I imagine I'm going to be doing a lot of editing and reading on the flight to Ryan and Danielle's. That's like a month away. It's so fast. Yeah. That's exciting. When is it you're going for that? I'm leaving on the 5th, arriving there on the 6th of June, and I'll be okay. there for 10 days. So you and Ryan and Danielle are going to be in the same place and at the you... same time that Jen and I are in the same place. <laughs> Scary. When are you going to be in the same place? Because I might be, and where I might need to like find a shelter. <laughs> I'm going to Akon in Dallas on June 5th to 7th, so I'm flying out on the 4th and back on the 8th. And Sue is flying over to Ryan and Daniels in Massachusetts around the same time. So we oh might dear. have to try and do some sort of podcasting thing. I don't know whether that's likely to happen, but oh dear. I still haven't actually arranged whether I'm going to act when I would actually meet up with Jen. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. not her that I'm staying with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should talk to her. I know Emma's been sick. They're still working on getting her well, but mm -hmm. by then she should be well. Or on to the next thing, knowing Jen. Mm, poor girl. <clears throat> I was thinking. I was thinking very unfortunately, mother's daughter. Yes, I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Lee seems to us have escaped it, but not so much with the little one. Oh dear. But, I mean, if that's happening in Dallas, I need to be aware, <laughs> just so that when Texas starts exploding... It won't be Texas, it's going to be Yellowstone. No, but Texas might explode. I don't know how it'll explode, but it will. Mm -hmm. Or there'll be some other Something. Disa disaster verb. Some other disaster verb. <laughs> oh, I'll do my actually... best to thwart any explosions or extraneous disasters. Oh, I'm thinking of Ryan and Danielle. Mm -hmm. So how early is too early to ask for their address so I can send them things? I think you could ask now. I'm sure Ryan would be fine with it. <laughs> well, not during the podcast, but you know. Well, not during the podcast. Anyway, I'm going to be busy, and I'm not going to text him now. Okay. Well, he's not on the podcast, so you couldn't technically ask him. I guess you could. I have his phone number. <gasps> she has his digits. She's special. I am special. Didn't we already know that? I know what we the town's called, but I don't know what their address is or phone number. Because I was the one who had to beep it out and say Hogwarts in one of the early episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the same town as uh, I used to live in in California. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like Springfield. There's one everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's usually how it works. So we should probably start this so that we're not up till all hours. Mm -hmm. And I have another episode of Firefly to watch. Uh, I haven't rewatched any of that. I'm very bad. <laughs> well, I watched I it. Sure it'll be fine. I haven't reread the thick, so that's going to be mm -hmm. more fun. Uh, me either. I, I mean, I've been finishing. I finished it the other day. Although I see he's posted a chapter since I finished what I had. So yes, he posted both on May second. Yeah. He's very good. How far are we going? We're only as going... As far as we make it, or...? Yeah, we're just going to go as far as we make it tonight, and then we'll finish it next week. All right. And then we're moving on to something else. This is episode 221 of Potterfic Weekly. 
Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Nerdy awesome fun. Nerdy awesome fun, that's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Friends Never mind, I'm not going there, I'm not going friend. there. Oh, we're just having adventures. Yep, we're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl, don't talk best trousers. Straight up. <laughs> Ooh, we're evil. I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same safe time, same safe channel. It's all snake. Can we find Patricia? I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh my gosh! Yes, Scott. They're there to talk about the sector. They're gonna worry about homework. Puke. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good on nightmares. <laughs> <laughs>
Unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he I can't mean, get out of it because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, come Fudge on. Was... If Fudge had been the minister back when Voldemort was vanquished the first time, he probably would have been given a first class as a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Fudge likes to give these out. It makes him look good. It does. And amiable. And so um, he's at least gotten them to give Hermione one, too, so he can uh, spread out the torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's like, but I didn't do anything. And he said, of course you did. That's what the cover story says. And she's like, yeah, but the cover story's not right. And he said, that, ah, but that's what we're sticking with. Yeah, and unfortunately Ron doesn't get one because no. they couldn't figure out a good reason for that. So, and he's feeling but bad at least it. this Ron is a little bit... He seems to think things through a little better, and mm-hmm. sort of says, you know, the- I'm. I realize it's weird that I'm mad, and you just you don't really want all this fame and stuff. It's just tough to be the ordinary kid next to you. And Harry says, "Well, you know, you have a, an actual real family and uh, all of this, and I just lost my parents, and then suddenly I'm a great hero, and you know." Quidditch is fine, because at least I can do that. Right. But everything else is just stuff I stumbled into. Yeah. The boy who lived, pure luck, or something my parents did. Animagus, accidental magic. Caught a Death Leader, screwed up the plan. Order of Merlin, blame fudge. I know it's hard to believe, but I like being a normal kid. (laughs) And Hermione sort of has a strange look on her face, because they're like, yeah, you were never a normal kid. (laughs) (laughs) Ron wants to know if he's got any more secrets, and they're like, uh... Not that we can tell you. <laughs> Except, but... oh, by the way, we can do wandless magic. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, can you teach me? It took us two years to do anything impressive. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wish I had a rare talent. Yeah, well, you're a good flyer. And about- he's good and at chess. And then he trounces them both soundly at chess. Mm-hmm. They look shell-shocked. Yeah. yeah. They thought they were pretty good, but not compared to Ron. No, Ron's got it going. So. And then we shift to chapter 30, and to Mr. and Mrs. Granger's point of view, they get to take the flu up to Hogwarts, because mm-hmm. it's there for emergencies, but, you know, if they're coming by anyway, might as well use it. They like the direct route, and the, you know, few magical parents you get to see Hogwarts up close after they graduate, parents of Muggleborns never get to, so mm-hmm. it's take a look around Dumbledore's office, with booked and... Portraits of headmasters and all these strange instruments making weird noises, and they're going, ah, okay, that's why Dumbledore's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Granger. Welcome to Hogwarts, and Minerva will have to be here. Nope, I'll take you down to the carriage, and Remus and Sirius should already be in Hogsmeade. So. But unfortunately, as they start heading that way, one of the older Slytherin notices the little family together and mm-hmm. how Hermi- Hermione's mom looks like Hermione. It's like muggles in the castle. This is totally bad. Yeah. And Dumbledore gives, gives him a harsh look. And I'm just imagining some of the glares, like the glare Gambon gave Harry in movie four. Mm-hmm. Like, all parents of students are welcome to visit at the invitation of a faculty member. Yeah, so he takes off real fast because he knows he's in trouble. I kind of have a feeling that's why Dumbledore decided to escort them personally. Mm, yeah. You know. He knew there could be trouble. And then they get down to the carriages and Dan can see the Thestrals. Yeah, 
but Hem- Emma, Hermione, and Harry can't. Right. And they're sort of going, is he going nuts or what's happening? And Dumbledore explains what these are. Mm-hmm. And then he pets one, and Emma thinks it's just really weird because he's petting an invisible horse. Yeah, but then he okay. takes her hand and puts it against the warm, scaly, moving surface, and she's like, "Wah!" There's a thing there. Mm-hmm. But they get down to the three broomsticks, and Rosemurda says, uh, "These kids look a little young." And yeah, Dumbledore they're not says, yet. "We're they're taking a private room for six. Ah, mm-hmm. there we go." So, and of course, Sirius says the time-honored, "Hi, you look just like your dad." Except, and Harry says, I have my mother's eyes. And Hermione's basically saying the same thing in unison. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you must get that a lot, don't you? Only from uh-huh. everyone who knew them. Yeah. So they go in and get some drink. What's this butterbeer stuff, says Emma. It's okay. It won't really hurt you. It's not. It's only 2% alcohol. Let's see. My uh, Mike's is 5% alcohol, so it's double and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I've read be. a fic recently where, oh, I can't remember which one it is, but they're going through first year herbology class, which we don't get to see in the books. And, um, they, Professor Sprout has this rose on her hat that's called a butter rose. And it's the, the dew from that basically that, um, is the main ingredient in butterbeer. So it's not really alcoholic at all. Cool. Interesting. That's cool. I can't remember which fic it is. I'll have to try and look through the ones I'm reading at the moment and <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> figure it out, yeah. I'm in between fix at the moment. I could use something new. I just mm. finished one that wasn't complete, so I'm now grouchy and need something new to read. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about this one, because I, I finished this one till the end, and then I was like, ah, no more. I yes, have to wait. But this this one and the other one are on a regular update schedule. Yeah, he's really good at Though updating he's, these. He shifted the update schedule for the other one. Mm-hmm. Well, well, real life does tend to get in the way. Oh, yeah, totally. So. Anyway, so... Sirius is like, is all... You're awesome with Quidditch, and mm-hmm. we've... And there's so much we have to catch up on. And unfortunately, we now need to talk about your placement with the Dursleys. Yeah. And Remus lightens the mood a little as it starts to go down by saying that Sirius was like a dog with a bone all week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry can tell that there's something dog-like about him because he can smell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gets he gets the joke, and Sirius gets the joke, and everyone else is like, What? What? How does he get the joke? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they they talk about the Dursleys and, you know, kind of what happened. That Sirius is like, but she hated people that were magic. They're, they were horrible. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. and Sirius is all set to run off and go after them. And they're like, well, you'd have to break into prison first because that's where they are. Mm-hmm. So. After I ran away, this is what happened. So... The muggles and, took care of it. And Xenophilius is still sending him owls, wondering if he's not just W. Borgman. Of course he is. Because, <laughs> you know. And eventually, I don't remember if it's in this set of chapters or the next one, uh, Luna decides to throw a party for him in which that band is invited, and her mm-hmm. dad is like, but he's over there, he's over there. Let's, yeah. 
Oh, oh, it, isn't it the, really um, not the same person? They invite him for the New Year's party that Sirius throws, I think is what happens. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. So, and then they find out that the kids have been teaching themselves wandless magic. And, and like, they're holding fire! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy Jesus, bloody hell! Merlin Saggy! <laughs> um, Hermione. And it's the same charm that, uh, Remus does in book three. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we don't know that for sure. We know that Hermione learns this bluebell flame charm in book one, just in jars and stuff. And we know that he holds something that kind of looks like crackling flame, but Harry doesn't recognize it as the same charm Hermione does. So it could or could not be the same thing. That's true. Anyway, it has a similar effect because in this case, she's holding it in her hand. She lets her mom kind of play with it a little bit because it looks... Uh, it feels mostly like warm water, except the very top. Yeah, and her mom's a little freaked out about the fact that she's holding fire, so she lets her see that it's not dangerous. Because yeah. it's meant for things like use in potions or heating up your hot chocolate or something like that. It's basically a little magical version of a Bunsen burner. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the rest of the flame, only the top of the flame is hot, because it's just for heating up things that are on top of it. Right. And then somebody mentions that Snape is a teacher, and Sirius goes nuts. nuts. Because, you know, whoever would let that man be a teacher? Well, (laughs) that would be Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And I have spells I can teach you to use against him, and yeah, no, no. Dan and Emma are just like, no. I don't care what your argument is. We are teaching them to respect teachers. Right. And then they talk about the Quidditch match, and the Sirius wants to know what happens, and so Harry says that his broom is acting up, and it's a new broom, and Professor said that there's nothing wrong with it, so they don't know what happened, and Hermione says it was Snape, and Harry says it was Quirrell, and yeah. And and then the language of the flowers message. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore has a Cerberus pinned up in the castle, guarding it for someone named Nicholas Flamel, mm-hmm. so they're like, hmm, that's and neither strange. of them can remember who Flamel that is either. Is, yeah. so he does sound familiar. And then Harry says, Mom, Dad, can I tell him? And they're like, what? No, he's my godfather. But you're not supposed to tell anybody. He's already told Ron. And of course, Remus can hear because he's got, you know, super hearing. And then he says, if it's something you need to keep the secret, I understand. And Harry's like, please, he's obviously one too. And they're like, are you sure? He's like, positive. All right, mm-hmm. but this has to stay a secret. And Remus is like, Marauder's Honor. <laughs> uh, what? That's what we call this us. Us and James and the Rat, the greatest pranksters of our generation. Mm-hmm. So. And then. Once There's a kitten parents agree- sitting on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Remus's exclamation. Yes. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. <laughs> oh, dear. And then Sirius. Just laughs hysterically, mm-hmm. basically channeling yeah. that sanity he sh- he showed back in 1981. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry James Potter, if your father could see you now, he would be so proud. How in the name of all that is magic did you become an animagus at the age of 11 when it took us to be 15? And he said, "Well, actually, it was five. What? Yeah, it was accidental. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the Sorting Hat's seen it twice before, but he won't tell us who." And then Harry says, you're a dog, right? And they're like, uh, how'd you know that? <laughs> and then he becomes a big dog. Mm-hmm. 
And so, oh, well, I love you it. know, you did the begging thing on Sunday. When you laugh, it sounds like you're barking. And, you know, the whole dog joke with all the things you joke about that way. Yeah. Oh, I love this line. But, like, I was pad that Remus was moony, but you, a cat. I mean, this is just too perfect. Harry, if you ever see that rat again, eat him. <laughs> Harry, we don't eat people, Emma said quickly, even if they're evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. And they have to, they decide, they have to figure out, figure out a marauder name for him, and they decide to call him Mr. Ratsbane. Yes. Son of prongs. May you use your power only on those deserving of mischief. <gasps> minimum, minimum mischief. Emma's yeah. trying to plead, but... Yeah. They've, they've got their quota filled for the year here. Mm-hmm. So. And then... And, uh, so there's a bit of an awkward moment, but Dan says, well, you know, we should really get together for Christmas, because we'll be, you know, in town. We'll go, we're going to the play at the theater. They explain that they're going to do the apparently original version of the hopping pot that's not about um, a pot eating a bunch of buckles. Right. And so they ask the the two men if they'll come to their house for Christmas. And they're, you know, are you sure? We'd like to, but we don't want to have trouble, you know, don't want to cause trouble. And they said, just my parents, and you can come and be with them. They know about magic, so it's all right. Mm-hmm. But Remus is all hesitant and it's reluctant about his furry little problem. Mm-hmm. So he explains that he's a werewolf, and Dan's like, oh, yeah, of course. Mooney, that makes sense. Yeah, and they and don't. Says, well, you know, silver bullets doesn't actually do anything, but the rest of it is yeah, pretty similar. And then... Uh, but he does have the Wolfsbane potion now, which Sirius didn't know existed. Right. He hadn't caught up on that yet. But Remus can only occasionally afford it. Right. Yeah. Sirius says, don't worry about that, I'll pay for it. Remus doesn't want to let him, but Sirius insists. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Dan says, well, I guess it depends on when the full moon is. And he says, oh, it's the 21st of December. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Christmas deal. will be fine then. <laughs> and he's like, really? <laughs> you don't care? <laughs> Well, you said it was the 21st. Yeah. As long as you're not there on the 21st. Yeah. And then it's like, Remus, six years ago, we adopted a boy knowing full well that he was a target for dark wizards. By now, werewolf barely even registers. <laughs> yep. And they don't have the prejudice that the magical community does. And so this is like eye-opening for Remus. Because they just don't, you know, he's so used to people just hating him on the spot that He's like, okay. And Harry looks at him and says, Remus, I'm a cat. My godfather's a dog. My cousin's a shapeshifter. Why shouldn't I be friends with a werewolf? Not to mention we've got a friend who's a half-giant, a teacher who's a cat, and another who's half-goblin, and another who's dead. Dad, Mm -hmm. Harry, you're right. Being a werewolf shouldn't matter at all. And Remus cries. Yeah. So he's going to come over for Christmas. And in sort sort of in passing... Sirius is reminded that, oh, yeah, you can practice your wands if you want. Because, uh, you can you can if you're over at Sirius's place because it's a magical household and they won't track it. Right. And that's how they figure that out. So they decide they'll hire Remus as a private tutor and call it defense lessons. So uh-huh. It's all so about board and legal. Yeah. Yeah, because he does have his mastery in, in defense. Mm-hmm. And as they leave, they are overheard... By two little redheads. Well, not so little redheads. Well, I guess, first of all, they're talking about the New Year's party. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, so, Sirius is deciding, trying to decide where he should stay. If he wants to get his own flat or go back to Grimmel Place or do mm-hmm. what. And Remus invites him to stay with him for a while. And then... Talking about then cleaning he'll... up the family tree, like just who we're going to disown and yeah. who we're going to reinstate. Mm-hmm. So, and then he... He wants to get the place ready so that he can invite everyone there for the New Year's party. Yeah. And while they're having this conversation, they're calling each other Padfoot and Mooney, and the twins are like, did he say Padfoot? Did he say Mooney? <laughs> what? Yeah, and so they kind of follow them out, and they... <laughs> it's the, Excuse us, Lord Black, Mr. Lupin, we couldn't help overhearing what you were saying. And Remus is like, oh, I take it you're the infamous Weasley twins. And they're like, uh... The two and only. <laughs> are you really Mooney and Padfoot? You, you'll know what to do with this. And they hand, they pull out the Marauder's map. And, and then they start kowtowing to their heroes, exclaiming, mm-hmm. we're not worthy, we're not worthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we never thought we'd get to meet you. Red and George Weasley at your service. And they, um drag Harry back over and introduce him as Mr. Ratsbane, son of prongs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the twins decide he should probably have the map. Yeah, they're so good. But not before they kick Wormtail's name out of it. Guilty of treason of the highest order, a breach of the marauder's honor leading to the murder of prongs. As such, he is hereby immediately and irrevocably expelled from the marauders. Yeah. With a painful squeaking noise. And then it, yeah. then Sirius is like, okay, I have to be a responsible adult. I'm the godfather. Mm-hmm. So don't get caught. Don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really responsible, Sirius. You tried really hard there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's better than just saying, hey, go at it. That's true. Not by much, but. <laughs> I wonder if there are any where they're not called the Marauders. Because I'm pretty sure they're not supposed to be. That's a thick thing only. But, oh well. I don't know. Whatever. It's where the apostrophe is. It's a map for the use of Marauders. It's not invented by Marauders. Marauders, yeah. Oh well. Doesn't matter that much. We move to Chapter 31, Seven Days in the Life of Padfoot and Mooney. (laughs) Yes, and they have wandered into Number 12, Grimald Place. And it's, uh... Home sweet home. <laughs> yeah. And just as basically as they get into the room, they hear, Thieves! Thieves and blood traitors! Mud bloods and filth! Be gone from these hallowed halls! <laughs> and Sirius <Mother>? freezes. <laughs> Is she still alive? What? What? So. Ew! Blood traitor! Abomination! Shame of my flesh! <laughs> Hello, <laughs> serious. Damn it, woman! You nearly gave me a heart attack. Yeah. So uh, they try to lift the painting off the wall, but it's not working. No. And all the spells that Remus tries to figure out don't work either. So eventually, they just shut the curtains, and that seemed to shut her out for a while. For a minute. But then they can hear things skittering in the shadows, and they swat at cobwebs, and there's dark magic everywhere. And then here and comes creature. creature is still around. Yep. And, and creatures he wishing he was nightmare. dreaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sirius basically makes him shut up and tells him to go away. <laughs> no, he well, says, help us clean up this house. Won't, 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 won't. Yeah, you will. 
So they bed down in, on mats in the kitchen for the night because that's the safest place to be. And because there's an, it's very important not to cast too many curses around the food. Yes. So that way, because you never know what you'll get otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I love the phrasing. The two men fell asleep that night, making plans to wage war on the House Black. <laughs> that sounds like fun. And that is the close of Sunday. And then they go into Monday, and Remus is like, maybe we should get some professional help. Come on, we fought Voldemort. We can handle this. Um, not so sure. So they they try and press on through Monday, and it doesn't work. <laughs> because Sirius's preferred solution for everything is, oh dear sweet Merlin, kill it. Kill it with fire! <laughs> Yeah, and the ventilation isn't working very well, so that doesn't help very much. So the house is getting kind of smoky. Mm-hmm. And on Tuesday, he says, you know, I'm not going to be here on Thursday, so um, we kind of will, we're going to miss that day. And then they get a letter from um, Hermione and Harry. Yay! Who have written joint letters. They seem to like doing that. Yeah, because one starts it, and then the other one's reading over the shoulder, and they're like, no, wait, that's not right. Yeah, they just kind of keep it going. Mm-hmm. And they want some stationery that they can use to send stuff to them um, so that no one else can see it, mm-hmm. like they have for Andromeda. And then they remember about the mirrors, and it's like, okay, we'll keep an eye out for those for Christmas. I and then like the it. curtains attack. <laughs> <laughs> and Sirius goes and chews on the mess pad foot. Yeah. Yeah. And Wednesday, they're like, okay, uh, at least let's get Andromeda in here and see what she says. And if she says we need professional help, we need professional help. And Thursday is, you two need professional help. (laughs) (laughs) It only took her 20 minutes. I'm surprised it took her that long. I know. But in retrospect, she was probably just stringing them along after the first five. Yes. And on Friday, Sirius discovers that he should have gone for this sooner because... The professional help is kind of pretty. <laughs> yeah, she is. And she's kind of had a crush on him a long time ago. So, Victoria McKinnon, mm-hmm. Marlene's cousin. And, and she's snarky. She is. And so, she kind of wanders through the house and she says, yeah, I can do it, but it's going to cost you. We're going to need everybody. Overtime, and, hazard pay. Mm-hmm. How are you planning to pay for this? I assume large piles of galleons are still tender, unless you'd like to negotiate something different. Raised eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to start as soon as they can. And she's actually an back later. within an hour with 12 witches and wizards, specifically trained in household charms, and one of them an actual curse breaker. And they go through it, and the marauders are just amazed, you know, because they're just like, going through everything, and then Sirius gets a letter on his own from Hermione. Yeah, and she wants to learn how to do an animagus. Because mm-hmm. Professor McGonagall has said she could learn sometime, but she seems to be stalling. So he's, she's hoping he'll teach her. Because, you know, he can do it, and Harry can already do it, and she'd really like to figure out how, even mm-hmm. if and it turns out her it. animal isn't something she wants. Yeah. And then we move on to Saturday... I love the opening. <laughs> we need the biggest bottle of doxicide we've got up here. Where are all these rats coming from? Ah! <laughs> it's a fogger. Ridiculous. What the hell? Biting tweezers? 
Apparently, the drawing room is the worst place in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes sense, given that's where the Horcrux is. That's true. And Ceres wants to know if they can't just start pitching things. And the nope, company policy is we can't throw anything away that's not obvious trash without checking with the owner. And so and the tapestry has proved to be as impossible to remove as his mother's portrait. Yeah, and he and, can't even fix it. Yeah. So he'll have to call an enchanter to fix it up somehow. And then oh, an enchanter... Yeah. We found a heavy silver locket. Hey. With a large S on it. Hmm. Mm. I wonder what that could be. dark magic. Yeah, but it's not active. So it's and okay. we can't identify it, so I can't really take it from you right now. Nope. Yeah, so he figures out something to... He, he takes it to try and figure out where to put it. And then he can feel that there's dark magic on it, mm-hmm. which is more than he can with most of these things. So he hands it to Remus to try and figure out. And Remus is like, oh, yeah, you're right. There is something weird about that. Mm-hmm. And so they take it out to the kitchen to go over it and try and figure it out. Yeah. And they decide it's dark magic. You like, let Dumbledore handle it dark. He owes us a favor anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but they first they want to figure out where it came from. Mm-hmm. They decide they'll have to ask Creature, and Creature, of course, knows the whole story. Right. But, and so, because he kind of goes into a fugue about it, oh. Sirius eventually calms down a little bit in regards to Creature and mm-hmm. gets the story itself and realizes that Regulus was actually trying to do the right thing. Yeah, he was. So he promises Creature that he will deal with it. And the creature imitates Voldemort during his little episode. And oh. yeah, creature's apparently yeah. a pretty good voice actor. He does both of them <laughs> recognizably. Yeah, he tells the whole story, and and he tells about how Master Regulus dies at the hands of the Inferi, but orders him away, and that he's supposed to destroy the locket. But he couldn't, so it probably just caused a whole mental break in the pool. Poor elf's head. Yep. I mean, on top of everything that's already twisted. Yeah, because he's a pretty twisted character. He really is. Yeah, but like we saw in canon, I mean, we saw in canon that once you settle that thing, yeah, he's pliable. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they're going to be able to get along a little better from now on, mm-hmm. because that's come out in the open finally. Yeah. So they take the locket to Dumbledore. And Dumbledore, they hand this locket to Dumbledore and, and, uh. He looks happy. Mm-hmm. He looks gleeful. He looks seriously scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, how much occlumency do you guys know? Enough to guard against, you know, casual intrusion. And so Dumbledore says, you need to resume your studies. Cause this is da- dangerous times. Dangerous, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he tells them about the Horcruxes. And then Remus is like, are you telling me the Voldemort soul is in that thing? Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And of course, Dumbledore thinks he's discovered the only one, because Mm -hmm. surely no one would be crazy enough to make more than one. Right. And then it's like, okay, let's go through the checklist of Horcrux destruction. Killing her? I don't feel comfortable with that one. Yep. Dementor? Can't trust him. Fiendfire? Only an emergency. Basilisk Venom? 
Hard to acquire. I know where we could find that. Hmm. Yeah. Hard to acquire. Difficult to get a hold of. I could breed it, but then what do I do with it when I'm done? Right. You stick it and... in the chamber beneath your school. That's what you do with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then the one down there can have a friend. Yeah, there you go. We can have a can breeding basilisk... pair of basilisks. Oh, wait. Uh... Can basilisks mate? I doubt it. I don't it. think so. At least not in this universe, because they're... They've got the traditional hatched from a chicken egg beneath a toad thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So basically what we're saying is they're kind of mutant. They're mutants uh, where the genetic, all the genetics just die with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't they're like mules. Divided. Yes, that's what it was. I couldn't come up with which one that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, now I have a basilisk as like a pack mule in my head. <laughs> Put the little pack saddle on it. I was uh-huh. could carry a lot of stuff. You know, I was line the back. Thinking of a basilisk with donkey ears. <laughs> oh heavens! Oh, I, kind of, I kind of want to see fan art of this. Yeah, I know. That'd be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. So, so one week later, Dumbledore has to try and figure this stuff out, but it's not. It's going to take him some time. Yep. So. And the cleaning crew has managed to clear it all up in a week, which is pretty amazing. Yep. They actually, the men are in bedrooms. They've got a fully stocked pantry. The tapestry is prepared. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's... But they still can't get Mrs. Black off the wall, except then they kind of think, it's almost like not even normal magic, and then they're like, hey, <laughs> what about house elf magic? Hey, creature, how would you like to keep your mistress's portrait down in the boiler room far away? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and they even helped him get it down the stairs, mostly to see Mrs. Black's face, that being hung up in the boiler room. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. was not going to be happy about that. Well, we don't care if she's happy. No, no, we, we don't. We actually like making her unhappy. Yep, yep, we do. Then we have Chapter 32, and we're back to... Harry and Hermione's point of view. Yes. And we find out the Weasleys are pretty much going to have the Gryffindor Tower to themselves over break. And Harry and Hermione aren't sure whether to feel sorry for them or worry about Fred and George are going to do to the place while they're gone. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Grandma and Grandpa show up on the 23rd, as usual. But they've been told to expect company. And, of course, the Marauders make an impression. Oh, goodness. Serious black in a Santa suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, scary. Mm-hmm. But he looks better. He's starting to fill out and gain some weight, and he's looking a little steadier. And Remus has got new clothes, so that's good. And this is a registered visit with the Ministry, so they can do magic. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> yep. So they're having some fun. They are. They're, there's a little political talk and mm-hmm. stuff. but it's kind of interesting, just some world-building stuff that mm-hmm. the white squirrels thrown in here. But then we have time for the gifts. Mm-hmm. And ten there's years. a lot of them. Because, yeah, Sirius has decided to literally get ten years' worth of presents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he can't favor Harry, so Hermione's going to get a bunch of presents, too. And he took it very literally. Yes. <laughs> There's a few serious jokes tossed around mm-hmm. because, you know, we have to have the obligatory serious jokes. Yes. He doesn't go entirely and get, you know, 
toys for a one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on.、Mm -hmm. But at least some of them are definitely toys for small children, which he thinks is just funny.、Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he gets them dueling straps for their wands, so that that's, that's Remus that does that. Oh, is it Remus that does that? Yes. He he decides to go for quality instead of quantity. Yeah, well, Remus yeah, is smart, and that you know. So normally, if you get hit by a moderate disarming charm, the spells will hold it, and you can draw it with a snap of your fingers and stuff like that. So that's really cool, and he's going to teach them dueling, which is good as well.、Mm -hmm. Is it the grandma who's not entirely sure about this? Yeah, Vera.、Uh, mm -hmm. They explain that it's you know like sparring in karate. It's a practice thing. Yeah. And this, the holsters are smaller than should be able to hold the wand to your wrist and keep it hidden. But you know, magic.、So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the final gift is the mir two-way mirrors from Sirius. They'll be able to talk to Harry. Will be able to talk to Sirius any time, and he'll look into. Whether he can get a pair for Hermione and Anna and Emma, right? But, but they are hard to make, so they're hard to get to. And then he has presents for Dan and Emma and for the grandparents as well. And they get. We have a small moment with James and Lily's old cat, who apparently、mm -hmm. was originally named、um, Hepatia rather than Rowena, but she doesn't care, so she stays Rowena. Oh, cool! Sorry, I. I forgot who Hypatia was, and apparently a Greek mathematician, astronomer, and philosopher in Egypt, and then part, and then part of the Byzantine Empire. Hmm. Mm hmm. She was basically awesome. Yes.、Yeah. I've read a series of books where I think she was canonized or something, where she founded an order of some sort, and so in the equivalent of medieval Europe, there's this order of the Hypatians. Who go around being all awesome and engineer-like and stuff?、So. Cool.、Mm -hmm. And as they start clearing up, they find one more present for Harry, and it's, it's got the same note that they had in canon in first year.、Mm -hmm. Once again, not signed, but of course, Sirius and Remus can recognize Dumbledore's handwriting. Yeah, and they're like,、oh, "It's the cloak," and they're like, "What?"、And、Sirius says. This was your father's most prized possession. Go ahead, put it on. And he puts it on, and he disappears. And they're all like, "Oh!"、Mm -hmm. But and it's one of the best invisibility cloaks that Sirius has ever seen. Yeah, we but know. Hermione can still fool it because she can see Harry's footprints in the carpet.、Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they have Christmas dinner, and it's really good. Of course,、and、neither Remus or Sirius have had much chance to learn how to cook, so you know this, this is best they've had for quite a while. And we find out that the、uh, award ceremony for the Order of Merlin is going to be on Saturday, but they're just going to flew from Twelve Grimald Place. It sounds like,、mm -hmm. and apparently these things take place at regular Wizengamot meetings, so Sirius is suggesting an alliance between. Their houses formally,、mm -hmm. which you know most people will get anyway. But just having that there means, ha、uh、ha, -huh, the blacks aren't on your side anymore. Na 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 na. Yeah. yeah. And Dan says, "Well, we have to talk with Cousin Andy, but if she doesn't object, I don't see a problem." Yeah. And and, and while we're on the topic, 
uh, magical guardianship. That reverted to you when you were freed. Is that a problem? We did have concerns because of my school reputation. No, I was going to say that you just got out of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Harry likes you, and he's a good judge of character. So, so how'd you like to be Hermione's godfather, too? <laughs> <laughs> and he's all, like, dazed, and they say, Happy Christmas! And, <laughs> and Remus, Remus yeah, has ahead. to close his mouth because his mouth is hanging open. I love that he calls Harry Cub and her kitten. Mm-hmm. Took him a sec to figure that out because he was going to call him Pop, but that doesn't really work when he's a cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, Cub doesn't quite work either, but. Yeah. No. If he was a lion cub, it would work. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cat. Oh, That's true. No, not again. I have music in my head now. Oh, dear. <laughs> I am familiar with this sensation. The jungle, the lion please. I was going to the lion king. <laughs> Well, the song is sung during Lion King. Is it really? Uh-huh. I don't remember that bit. It's fun. Really? Timon. Yeah. Uh-huh. It of happens course. right before Nala shows up in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Mm. I haven't seen that movie in ages. No, but it's a good one. I love that movie. Yeah. I liked that we played the tape. I remember getting the cassette tape and taking it into class and putting it in the tape player. And all the kids left what they were doing and gathered around the tape player and just stared at it. They were so had, enthralled with the music. I had the cassette. Mm-hmm. It, I still do. Was, I think it was red and had green sticker on it. No, mine was just white. Mine was colorful. Yours was Christmassy. Well, I mean, not like Christmassy, Christmassy, but like... Like it had ju- a jungle sticker on. Mm-hmm. I think it was red. Was that anyway? No. Christmas. It's Christmassy, and it's still Christmas in the thick. It's Christmas in the thick, and and Harry and Hermione send Ron an owl of his own because they feel bad about taking away his brat. It's like this is a crazed squirrel with wings. <laughs> yeah. But Harry checked him out, and he's definitely an owl. So don't worry about that. Harry's off his rocker, all right, but he's a good guy. He is a good guy. And then the family leaves Grandma and Grandpa behind, and Grandma and Grandpa are like, that's fine, we need a little bit of time to settle anyhow, and they head off for the play. Mm-hmm, so, which is interesting. But before they go, uh, Sirius sneaks Hermione a gift, and it's all of their Animagus notes. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes get huge and stuff like that. So, but she has to promise not to practice without an actual Animagus watching or Dumbledore if you let him in on it. And if you get into trouble, you need to let McGonagall help you too. So, she promises. And then they go to Diagon Alley for the Diagonal Theater for the premiere <laughs> of Peter the Bards and the Wizard and the Hopping Pot. So, and of course, Lord Malfoy is there. With his magical cane and mm-hmm. and wife and son in tow. Of course. And Sirius is like, I didn't think you'd be here. What with the scandalous rumors about the performance tonight? It's a fine thing to be a patron of the art. He's so Which I do agree with him. Yes. As does Sirius. Mm-hmm. And then Mandy shows up and welcomes Harry and... The rest of the family, and she 
takes them in and, you know, kind of gives them the grand tour and the Malfoys get left behind and they're just not happy at all. Mm-hmm. So we get to hear the play and we'll watch the play. Mm-hmm. And it has the whole story from the book as we've read it, but some extra bits as well with the, the son living in a, a muggle village and the muggle woman kind of helping him see the light with the hopping pot and all of these yeah. extra things, which is quite actually interesting, actually. And uh, there's a note at the beginning of the chapter that says, if anyone feels inclined to write the full version, either in prose or stage play format, go right ahead. Just uh, let him know so he can read it. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it turns out that there's a, the woman that helps is the muggle, and, you know, that gets certain noses out of joint. Mm hmm. Yes, they, um, the actress who plays Alcida, um, is Cassandra Clearwater, Penny Clearwater's muggle sister. Mm -hmm. And they don't release that information until after everybody's written their reviews, so (laughs) they can't use that to put in them. Mm hmm. And then the people who did sort of neutral or positive reviews that otherwise would have said, oh, muggles aren't worth anything. Right. Can't take them back anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And the family's very positive about the performance. So mm-hmm. they're, they're excited about it. And Rita does get in a little question in the course of them leaving the theater. He has an answer figured out for her. Mm-hmm. So that goes fairly well. And then they run into the knots. Oh, the knots need to be knocked on their butts. Oh, sorry. So that's mild. I'd rather slap them upside the head, <laughs> and then and then like turn them into ferrets and start bouncing them around. But I might be a little vindictive. Yeah, just a little. I love Emma because she steps up to him. Excuse me, Charles Knott, is it? We've heard a lot about you. I think you'd be surprised at what a good work of literature can do. And he's like, I didn't ask you, muggle. And Harry starts to step up, but Andromeda steps in front of them and says, that muggle happens to be Lord Potter's legal mother and a well-read student of literature and kind of knocks him back a peg. And so... And Nod's trying to figure out how much of a slur he can get away for, with, but with Ted and Andromeda and everybody else there, he sort of backs down. So. Yeah. So there's not too much you can do with so many witnesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Andromeda calls serious Siri. <laughs> Don't call me that! Especially because everyone will then ask you to start giving them directions and reminding them of appointments and what language is chapter 33's disclaimer in whichever they use in the hp lovecraft cthulhu stories i don't know what it's supposed to be okay thank you i just noticed that (laughs) i'm impressed that you know that (laughs) how do you know that because i've seen it in random other fandom references i haven't actually read any of his stuff but uh that's a whole chant that's usually about Cthulhu, with the Rilia and the Fatagan and stuff. I don't know where the rest of it comes from, or if that's all from the same source, or what. Okay, yeah. one moment. I am looking this up. Okay. Because <laughs> Google is our friend. And I have strong Google food. You do have This Google. is what happens when we have Ravenclaws on the podcast. <laughs> I know, these Ravenclaws. Sheesh. Of course, when you we don't have me. Ravenclaws on the podcast, I'm the one who does it, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, it from let's see. Used in a it's a chant. It all the words are from the chant. Ah. So however you say it. Translated chanted phrase as that's interesting. In his house that Kryla dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. Okay. Huh. Um, so they just replaced the spot where it would say Cthulhu with um, J.K. Rowling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So within the spot, J.K. Rowling lays dreaming? Something. <laughs> well. Well, hey. we know that we have a, a, have a nerd writing it. Yes. He is a nerd. <laughs> and he's a Doctor Who nerd as well. And he's and a Ravenclaw, he, I believe. I was about to ask, is he, I know I'm not the head of house anymore, but Ravenclaw house is mine. Yes. And I believe that's where we've sorted him with yes. his Doctor Who flair. Um, and speaking of nerds and geeks, uh, I'm an idiot and don't know dates, but one of my kids walked in today and he had a Star Wars shirt on. And I was like, oh, you're supposed to wear that tomorrow. And his mother looked at me and she said, no, it's today. May the 4th be with you. And I was like, no, that's tomorrow. And she said, no, today's the 4th, Sue. And I'm like, oh, I'm all mixed up. Yes, good job, geek mom. And she, she laughed at me and she's like, yeah, it was all over my Facebook today. So I had to do it. And I was like, good for you. And the other two adults in the room are looking at us like, what are you two talking are you about? Talking about? <laughs> yeah. Things that are awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. I listened to episode two music in honor of it, since I knew I wasn't going to have time to watch it. Oh. Any of the uh, that works. Well, that's fun. So after class, I, I walked up to her and I said, I know you have a big family and, and things are busy, but I also know that at least one of your children is Harry Potter crazy. So there's going to be a Harry Potter concert this weekend. If you would like to go, here's the information. And, you know, it would be really fun to see you. And she said, what are the ages? And I said, it's in all ages. You can, you can even bring the little ones. It'll be loud and crazy, but you can bring them. And she's like, oh, this will be fun. So I'm already going with one parent. And I may be ending up with several more. You're having a a recruit there in the Potter's Council. (laughs) Yeah, I've been recruiting. That's fun. Well, I needed a ride, so I found people (laughs) that, you know, would drive me. It worked out. Mm -hmm. We're way off course. But back to Chapter 33, we have Hermione going, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. And Harry's like. does not happen very often. Yeah. What's wrong? Look at my book list. And we have Nicholas Flamel. He wrote an old alchemy book. Mm-hmm. Paracelsus. Mm-hmm. Is that the thing with the guard dog? Yep. I should have figured this out a long time ago. So they decided they need to go get the book. And Hermione was probably going to say that any which way. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's Hermione. Yep. And she's muddling through the antiquated French. <laughs> well, <laughs> Because, you know. of course, they have the original French version. Of course they do. It's the Philosopher's Stone. It doesn't say how to make it, but it describes its properties in there. Just like what it, the Muggle literature says. And Dan and Emma are like, wait! You're saying the wizards have the formula for immortality, and they're not sharing it? And Sirius is like, well, maybe there's a limit on its power. 
And so Hermione goes it turns back out is the case. Yeah, reading and finds out that you can only make a little bit with it, and the more you make, the you know less it works, and the more dependent you are on it. So as soon as you stop taking it, you die, which is kind of explains that little bit in book one, because yeah. otherwise they should have been immortal, having made it once. I like the way he dis- describes it. Like there can't be more than seven philosopher's stone stones in the world, and it's like a permanent water display- displacement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like with the unicorns. If you drink the unicorn blood, then bad things happen, and this is the same. You can live as long as you continue to take it, but if you stop, then things then get bad. Bubble. Yeah, yeah. Emma's like now. Why is it a good idea to keep something like that in the school? <laughs> well, Dumbledore thinks it's safe. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emma doesn't agree with Dumbledore on a number of things. No. Can't blame her. Nope, not at all. Pardon. Oh, I started yawning. Oh, dear. Well, it's getting late for you. Yeah, and I keep waking up early. Mm. Me too, because I have that thing called work. Yeah, well, I'm right next next to a gate, and I still haven't made curtains yet. Ah. Well, we have, the chicks are now outdoors, so I have to get up extra early now because we have to move the chicks in the morning. Ah, I see. Which consists of lifting up the cage and walking it, and all 18 chicks, a certain, um, you know, area before we can put it back down on fresh grass for them. But they seem to be doing just fine outside, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Our little girls. It was very traumatic yesterday catching them all. So, but everybody is back at Sirius's house, and Remus is going to teach the children how to duel. So, mm-hmm. so this will be interesting. Yes, very interesting. And Emma's still not sure about this, but Remus says. Do your children fight on occasion? And they're like, yeah. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to give them an outlet for that. And then... Fight, 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 fight. Mm -hmm. We're going to start off this way, the way Mm -hmm. you would do it at home. No wands. You can use wandless magic or physical skills, but you're not allowed to cause serious injuries to each other. All right. One, two, three. And the children start really kind of going at each other, not in a... I'm going to kill you way, but they're both very serious about this. Mm-hmm. Harry's using a lot of his karate because he's quite good at that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hermione is shooting little faintly glowing spells at him. Uh-huh. But and she keeps shooting stinging jinxes and something that kind of tries to knock him down, but it doesn't quite work. But they're pretty quick, and the, the wizards are somewhat surprised to yeah. standing there watching them. And Harry kind of gets in a little too close, and Hermione sticks her hand on his face and says, Mucus ad nauseum! <laughs> just starts pouring out. It's kind of like the bad bogey hugs, I think. It's the curse of the bogeys. Yep. As referenced in book one. Yeah. And she's like, say it! Ah! Say it! All hail Queen Hermione! Okay. Okay. Says. <laughs> End of fight. Oh, boy. Yep. Yep. And they and both so look like they've come off the worst in a fight against a hornet's nest. Mm-hmm. Hermione's hair is sticking out at every angle. Harry has bogeys down his shirt. They're both panting heavily. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is why physical contact usually isn't allowed. 
Yeah, Rufus is like, I think you've got the physical part pretty well handled for now. Maybe I'll start you on some simple jinxes. Sirius gets nostalgic about the Sumerian strike hex, which was really popular in our second year. Uh, I wonder why. Because he kept using it on people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Remus starts him the next day on, on small dueling, but he, you know, they have to have somebody there and they have to have wards up to contain the spells and stuff like that. I love what happens with a miscast Expelliarmus. Mm -hmm. It could knock the opponent down, make their hair stand on end as if electrified. Hermione, not amused. Set mm -hmm. sleeves on fire. Mm -hmm. Yep. But oh, they've done well. But the next day they have to put things on hold because they have a Wizengamot meeting. I'm trying to imagine Hermione with her hair standing on end. <laughs> she has so much hair to begin with. It'd be like an afro or something. Yeah. I can actually imagine it. I mean, like, if What's... you, like, if you stick, uh, Hermione from Half-Blood Prince in the movie and, and like, make her touch one of those electric shock spheres or something. Mm -hmm. That's what it makes me think of. I'm thinking of, um, the, the Munster family. Isn't her hair like straight up with the white streak through it? I, I'm kind of um, seeing it like you know more straight like up. that. I, yeah, I can't I remember, remember who it is. Thing. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the things that um, they did in like the Bride of Frankenstein, but they might have stolen it for mm -hmm. uh, monsters. Yeah, and maybe the Bride of Frankenstein is what I'm thinking of. Oh my, that is quite a look. Though, of course, the only way I really know anything about Bride of Frankenstein is by way of young Frankenstein. Yeah, it doesn't look like they did in the monsters, Which... but I think there is somebody who did does that for something. Maybe yeah. in, like, the um, Hotel Transylvania or something like that. Wow, that's so I seem to remember hearing, seeing it recently. I don't want the Wikipedia. Here we go. I want images. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of. With the white going through it and the hair sticking straight up. Mm -hmm. So, yep, yep. We'll have to provide a link for the show notes or something. Uh, maybe. Or people can just look it up themselves. Bride of Frankenstein is fairly easy. That is true. We do have, you know. We and have the kid the from Hotel Transylvania actually looks kind of like Hermione would look with that happening. That works. Now <laughs> I have to look it up. Scarlet's Un moment. Un momento, por favor. Un momento, por favor. Si. Yes, yes. Okay. Before I fall asleep. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to make it through more than this chapter. Well, we're on chapter... 33. 33. Yeah, we should at least do a couple more. Scott and I can go for a couple more before we end out, because I think we need to go to 41. Overall, or... Next week, and then that's where we end. Ah, uh, I think. Let me look. Okay. I'm changing. I'm just up. gonna yawn. Yep. The end of first year is chapter forty-one. So we've yeah. gone to the Wizengum meet meeting, which uh, causes some yawning of its own because it's fucking boring. Yes. <laughs> As serious no wonder war. I'm yawning. Mm hmm. But then they had. There was one bit where they did family announcements at the opening, and Sirius did his. Um, Alliance between Houses of Black and Potter. Yes. And then at the end, they've been having an ongoing issue for a while of the Muggle Protection Act. So they've been, you know, wrangling back and forth about it, basically. And, yeah. Um, and it was somebody references the Christmas play 
you know, most of the food that we eat comes from muggles and their infrastructure supports our transportation and so forth. And Lucius Malfoy says, well, we should be more self-sufficient so we don't have to rely on them, etc. And so it goes, it goes back and forth pretty much for a while. And then they talk about the Auror office for a bit. There have been so many problems getting good applicants because nobody takes potions anymore. Gee, nope. I wonder why that and might be. The healers have <clears throat> the same problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is going to spur the Grangers on to more anti-Snape goings-on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Malfoy has promised to look into the issue with the school, which Dumbledore is not sure whether that's a good thing or what. Or but, a uh, bad thing. Anyway, they have the the announcement of Order of Merlin third class, which is rather over the top given that Pud, Fudge himself makes said announcement. Yes. But. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. But then two days later, we have a meeting between two shady figures in a darkened corner of Nocturne Alley, and mm-hmm. Mr. Malfoy promises Mosquito a... A stipend if she will investigate Harry Potter and what's going on with that. Yes. Perhaps she can look into his muggle relatives, those thirsty people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it will take some time to research, so you'll have to be well-funded to make that happen. And, uh, right. <clears throat> yeah. And she sees galleons in her eyes. She does. And then we go to New Year's Eve at Grimmel Place, which is actually fun this year. <laughs> <laughs> The floor's all decked out and everything's cool. And, of course, uh, he's invited, what's his name, to do their music? The um, uh, Stubby Boardman, yes, their Stubby band. Uh, Boardman is there to do the music. Sorry, it I got distracted. A little bit, what are you distracted by? Albus Dumbledore was milling about jovially in glittering silver robes. Mm-hmm. Hey, beats purple. He's He's festive. It's for the new year. Mm-hmm. And at first, he, Harry thinks Horace Slughorn is going to be the strangest person he meets. As he comes up, he's got a paisley suit on, mm-hmm. and uh, says, "You know, pleasure to meet you." Um, and, and then uh, he meets Luna. Yeah, and Sirius is like, "Did you invite him? No, I thought you invited him. Who invited Slughorn? Why is Slughorn here?" <laughs> he invited himself. He invited himself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Harry meets Luna. Yes. Shockingly bright green dress. I just have, like, lime green in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that is a very shocking color. Yeah. But and, of course, she addresses everyone by full name. Mm-hmm. Hello, Harry Potter. You're Hermione Granger. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> but she doesn't she once look at his scar, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So she, he kind of thinks she's neat. A little weird, but neat. And she warns him about the Nargles, because he's got to be careful with that mistletoe. Uh, and they, apparently they're the ones who steal your socks from the wash. So that's where ah, those go. It's the Nargles. It's the Nargles. I need mm-hmm. to talk to them. We've got to carry some radishes around. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she does the slow blink thing. And Hermione's wondering, does that mean is she a cat somehow? Or what's going on there? And he thinks, no, I think maybe she just does that. Yeah. But it's hard to say. <laughs> and... Yes, Sirius has invited Stubby Boardman to be the entertainment for the evening, and he actually does look a fair amount like Sirius, and Xenophilius 
faints completely. <laughs> or no, uh, it's he. He is staring at him in shock, and Luna has fallen onto the ground laughing. There you go. <laughs> and knocked over her chair. And then we jump to spells being cast at each other, mm-hmm. and the shoe sticking charm or Jinx catches Hermione. And so she just steps out of her shoes, which I love. And they're making great progress with their wizard dueling. Mm-hmm. And she ducks uh, an Expelliarmus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going, from behind. How did you do that? He says, well, I just felt where it was going. Mm-hmm. Because they've gotten used to feeling what the wards and their magic feels like. That's how they do the wandless magic thing. Right. So they can feel spells coming for them if they're close enough. Which makes sense. There's got to be some sort of electromagnetic component to a lot of these spells. So. Right. We, you mean we can't just call it the spidey sense? Well, you call can that call too. it that. So yeah. we are you now going to... call it the kitty sense if you really want to. <laughs> anyway, so because she did that, now we get to try something new and fun. We're going to blindfold them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dan and are like, are you sure about this? Sure, I'm sure. But let me let me increase the wards a little bit. So mm. And they sort of point their wands vaguely at each other. Mm. And Harry yells out an expelliarmus and then moves so that he um uh, she won't know where he was. Right. And she fires a, a jinx right at where he was, but he's missed it. Yeah, because he moved. He was smart. Mm-hmm. And she dodges his Sumerian strike hex, which he has apparently picked up from Sirius. Of course. Apparently, it feels like somebody punched you in the nose. Ouch. So this is Sirius trying to get around the restriction on going up and punching people in the nose. <laughs> he instead finds a spell that does it for you. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I can imagine this as Sirius as a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can imagine this as Sirius as a 30-something-year-old <laughs> try, trying to, like, hit Snape during order meetings. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Do a silent one across the Wizengamot chamber. Oh, that would be bad. <gasps> Especially if he didn't get his aim quite right, because yeah. he was sniggering too much at the thought of it. And, like... Hit somebody else that he wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Then you wind up in the teen movie food fight situation. <laughs> Except, presumably, the Wizengamot people would calm them down before that Fairly could get quickly. out of hand. Maybe... You never know. But Dan and Emma are very proud of the way that the children have learned so much. And we're moving to a new chapter. Mm-hmm. And apparently saying goodnight to Scarlet. Yeah, well, it's getting late. <laughs> it is. Speaking of which, uh, the disclaimer is never tr- never tickle a sleeping J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, That's a good advice. I can see that. We did pizza pizza with the kids today. Or... Do either of you know the story of Pizza Pizza? I don't believe so, no. Well, Pete is a young man, and he is getting ready to go outside and play ball, but when he gets out to the door, it's raining. And so he's Uh very sad and depressed. And so his dad comes over and says, I know, I'm going to turn you into a pizza. And he carries him to the table, and he rolls out the dough, which is Pete, and, and he stretches it, and then they put oil and water or oil and flour on him which is really just water and baking or and baby powder and they add cheese and pepperoni and stuff and then he sticks him on the couch and puts him in the oven and bakes him and then when they go to eat him 
he jumps up and runs away and his dad chases him around and gives him a big hug and they just have a really fun time. And then the son comes out and he gets to go play. So hmm. we acted out pizza pizza in class today. Yeah, that's fun. It was quite interesting. But one of the things that you do in pizza pizza is you tickle the pizza and, and the pizza laughs and dad says, pizzas aren't supposed to laugh. And Pete says, pizzas aren't supposed to get tickled either. <laughs> <laughs> So that yes. made me think of Pete. I quite like his uh, disclaimers in the recent chapters. Mm -hmm. 30 was Mr. Squirrel and Miss Rowling present the accidental animages. All legal rights go to Miss Rowling. <laughs> and 31 was J.K. Rowling is owned by Harry Potter. Oh, no, wait, switch that. <laughs> so on. Anyway, where were we? Well, we in 34, I believe. 34. Train ride to Hogwarts. First, we're going to say. Good night. We're going to listen to my phone ring, too. Although it seems to have gone away. Stop that yawning. You're making me <laughs> it's yawn. dangerous. I'm sorry. Have nice I had a very hard time yawning quietly. <laughs> Thanks for podcasting with us. It was yes, fun. Yes, it was fun. Thanks for having me. I'll be around a lot more now. Yay! I mean, and In general, not mm -hmm. perhaps this week. Okay. All righty. Good night. Take care of yourself. Will do. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm. oh, she got me yawning. It's terrible. <laughs> Dangerous thing, yawning. It is, it is. Although apparently it's good for, you know, getting oxygen to your brain and things like that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. We're on chapter 34 and we're on the train ride back to Hogwarts. Of and course. people are discussing the Christmas play a lot, which is mm -hmm. kind of fun. That was it's a, a mostly positive experience. Dirty trick. A muggle as a muggle and not telling anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and they run into Daphne and uh, Miss Davis. They asked how the holiday, the New Year's and the holidays were. And Daphne says they were quite pleasant. And mm -hmm. they're just like, we were wondering when you were going to come around and talk to us. Yes. So Daphne wants to know how long they knew about the Christmas play. Said, not really. Um, Mandy had told us that they were going to be doing something, but. We didn't know all that much. Yeah, but Cousin Andy got a look at the script about mid-November. Might have been earlier, but we had that trial, you know. Mm-hmm. So the Brocklehursts are making a bunch of money now, printing the original versions of the book. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't know about the Muggle actress. Not until after. But Harry says she was good, though. Mm -hmm. And it was a surprise for all the conservatives who are now in an uproar because they can't take back their reviews. Toward them. And he explains that he found out her sister is a Ravenclaw prefect. So that's mm -hmm. how they found her anyway. So they they just have small talk mostly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some political stuff sprinkled in, but they try and not do too much of that. And then they're back to the school. Hermione's got top marks, of course, and Harry's done fairly well. And then Draco Malfoy says, this is an outrage because a bunch of the Slytherins have gotten lower marks on defense. Right. Yeah. Harry and, and Hermione Professor Quirrell hear them. turns Snape's usual arguments around on them. Mm -hmm. And so they can't really say anything. Yeah, I kind of love it. Well, Although we know there's something weird going on with Quirrell. We do know that. <laughs> Mr. Malfoy, are you under the impression that your family name should entitle you to special treatment? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> and Harry and Hermione are sort of listening to this conversation and as, as they're leaving... Harry manages to 
catch the exact moment when Malfoy says, my father will hear about this and mouth along with him, which <laughs> makes Hermione crack up. Yeah, so they have to hurry up. And Harry wants to go and explore the castle because they've got the map and the invisibility cloak now. Mm-hmm. And Hermione is a little more cautious. And what if Professor Dumbledore has something like the map and he'd catch us and then we'd be in trouble? Yeah. Well, Dumbledore gave us the cloak, so he wants us to use it for something. Yeah. And she offers to tell mom and dad. He says, you wouldn't. And she says, yeah, I would. Come on. Sirius would be really disappointed if we don't break the rules at least once this year. So they wander out from the tower a little bit, and when they're on the third floor, on the other side from Fluffy, mm-hmm. Dumbledore is coming in their direction. Yep. So they hide in one of the classrooms, and oh look, there's the a mirror. mirror of said. <laughs> yeah, Hermione's like, uh, wait, is that me? I'm older. And she looks around. What? It's Dumbledore. He's in the reflection, but he's not there, and he's giving me something. <gasps> Holy cricket, it's a doctorate of sorcery. So apparently you can get doctorates in this version mm-hmm. of the world. And then Harry sees his parents with mm-hmm. mom and dad and his birth parents and Sirius and, and Remus. When she looks in again, she sees all of them watching her getting the doctor of sorcery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, she sees just them friends with her family. So. Her heart's desire has changed from listening to him talk about it. Yes. And they try to figure out what and, language... You know, when you're 11, you don't really know what your heart's desire is. I don't right. know what mine is, and I'm 27, so... <laughs> it's true. And so she figures it out, you know. It shows the heart's desire. and He's like, your heart's desire is to get a doctorate of sorcery? Mm-hmm. And mine is... Your family alive and friends with mine, she says reverently. And then, wait, it's changed. Oh, yeah, so she does still have the doctorate, but her family and them them are there as well. Mm -hmm. I guess you're... Apparently, heart's desire can change with the mood. Mm -hmm. And she realizes there's something a little weird about this mirror, and it's probably not good to just stand there staring at it. And so... Albus Dumbledore, who is standing in the hallway outside, says, Oh, well, she will keep him in line and I can go off to bed now. <laughs> His plans are going well. It's, it's always a perilous thing to think, but um, we'll get to that. And Cousin Andy sends Harry a, a rolled-up parcel with a note. and They're not expecting anything, but it's got a note on it. This came to the office addressed to you, and... I was going to throw it out, but I thought you might want to see it if any of your friends are Lockhart fans. Lockhart? Ron's like, my mom knows knows all about those books. books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He opens it up, and it's a moving picture of himself and and Lockhart, you know, Mm -hmm. wearing the bronze. Wearing their medals, Order of Merlin. Oh, that guy. He cornered me and made me take his picture. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Neville says, Lockhart's had his picture taken with most of the wizard come out. He came after my grandmother's, but she snapped a mousetrap on his nose. <laughs> Long story. <laughs> yeah. And Lavender, of course, is a fan. Oh, yes. Because he's so wonderful and he's got a great smile. And he's charming. Woohoo. <laughs> and even Ron thinks he's brilliant. He's fought banshees and ghouls and hags and trolls and vampires and werewolves and yetis. Phew. Mm-hmm. Harry says, I don't know, I'm not sure it's healthy for for his teeth to be that white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they go and talk to 
Professor Flitwick, because they they want to try something. Yeah, and he's very impressed with their progress this year. Mm -hmm. And so they talk about the dueling that Lupin's been teaching them. And he wants to see a demonstration. So he moves some desks over, and they show him what they can do. Mm-hmm. Including he, after they've been disarmed. Right. And he's very impressed. I can just see him saying, Marvelous! Ten points to Gryffindor! Mm-hmm. So. They're just as good as second years. They want him to start a dueling club. But he can't start one on his own. He doesn't have enough time with the frog choir and all of that. But he's going to try to find somebody that will do it with him. Apparently the choir is canon in White Squirrel's universe. And we move on. Chapter 35. Chapter 35. It's a time passes sort of thing. They're having the spring term and things go pretty much normally. You know, hexes between the Gryffindors and Slytherins. Uh Rain in January because... You usually think there'd be snow still in January, but eh, yeah. there's something going on. And then Oliver Wood drops the bombshell that Professor Sna- Snape's going to referee the match instead of Madame Hooch. Mm. Yeah. What do we do about that? And yeah. Harry says, "Well, I've still got to play," and she's not. He's not convinced that Snape's going to be a problem, and she wants to tell Sirius because he could at least give us some advice. And, he says, well, he's not objective. He doesn't like Snape either. Uh-huh. But at least, I guess we can talk to him. So they get the mirror, and Hermione thinks that he might be up to something by refereeing the match. Yeah. And, you know, Harry's like, she thinks he did it, but I'm not so sure. Sirius is like, ah, it sounds like something he'd do. And, mm-hmm. and they explain about Sirius being an idiot and telling him where to go find Mooney. Right. But Harry says, it doesn't matter. There's no reserve seeker. I have to play. And they say, all right, well, you have to be careful. And so then they decide that maybe you should talk to Dumbledore Mm -hmm. and find out why. Just to see, at least, see what he says about what's going on. Mm -hmm. But, of course, all he says is, you should trust Professor Snape. I trust him. So should you. But at least it stops raining and the ground dries out and... Professor Quirrell is changing up his lesson plan. He is. They're having... He wants to talk about guns, basically. Yeah, firearms. And so he... Uh... Goes off on a little rant about all the many and varied ways that muggles can kill each other. Mm-hmm. But he does explain that, well, muggle civilians don't have those weapons, but... Yeah, so he wants to know if any of them have ever shot a firearm, and three of them have. Mm-hmm. And so... Harry, Hermione, and Justin... And he, so he takes out a shotgun and just starts waving it around. Waving it around <laughs> and they're all like, ah! <laughs> they're all under desks. <laughs> are you an idiot? What are you doing? <laughs> Do you have a problem, Miss Granger? And she's like, take your finger out of the trigger guard, man! Oh, you mean like this? He says innocently. Now, point that somewhere else, says Justin. And half the class is just, you know, thinking they're crazy. You know, Mr. Potter, maybe you could tell your classmates what I'm doing wrong. And he's like, you're ignoring three basic rules of gun safety. Treat every gun as if it's loaded. Don't point it at anything you don't want to die. And for God's sake, keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire. And now, and everybody's like freaking out because Harry's freaking out. They've never seen him act like this before. And so Quirrell puts it down and says, you notice that the Muggle Ray students reacted very strongly to this. Yes. No one else 
dive no one dives for cover when someone's waving a wand but mm-hmm. Hermione explains that shotgun is deadly and that's all it does right it's basically a, a muggle version of a reducto so the, he decides to take them outside and have a demonstration mhm so they've got clay pigeons they do and he gives Harry the gun and Harry says pull and the orange just fly over the ground and he shoots them both. Mm-hmm. And the purebreds are staring in horror at how fast the shotgun had hit the targets. And he's like, oh dear, this is going to be added to the Harry Potter legend. Mm-hmm. So. But Quirrell also has a spell that will jam a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And he shows that you can expel the armis hit. Mm-hmm. Because it still counts as a weapon that you're holding. And then he gets Justin to try out the clay pigeon shooting, and he does quite well as well. Mm-hmm. And then Harry has a moment where his scar hurts, and he's like, I'm Hermione fine. notices, of yeah. course. I'll tell you later. And Harry's and he like, He wants to file a complaint against Quirrell. Mm-hmm. What kind of teacher waves a gun around the classroom? <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's not loaded. Yeah. And here comes Malfoy with the Slytherins. Were you actually hiding under your desk from Quirrell? Harry's like, what if I was? You would too if you knew as much about guns as I do. He's like, it's a simple muggle weapon. What could it do? He's like, yeah, well, you don't know. Wait till he shows you that that in your class. Mm -hmm. I'd put it just a little below Voldemort himself waving his wand at me. And Malfoy's like, you speak the name? And everybody flinches. Harry keeps saying Voldemort because it makes everybody mad. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? And Ron is like, Harry, will you please stop that? Mm-hmm. So he just starts chanting. He didn't appear. I said his name three times. Yeah. Uh, Snape, Snape takes comes. ten points from him for disrupting lunch. Yes. And moves Malfoy along. And then Miss Madame Pomfrey examines him and says, I don't know... You know, I can't find anything. It's not hurting now. It doesn't seem like to anything particular. Maybe it's just I was shook up from a lesson or something. It's just a short, sharp pain, and it only lasts for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. So she says, "Well, if it happens again, come see me." So people are staring at him a little more because he kept yelling Voldemort in the middle of Mm -hmm. lunch. And then it's Valentine's Day. And then the girls are staring at him and giggling, which is almost worse. (laughs) And he's like. What is this? And they're all giggling. And he's like, I'm only 11. And I have Keza in my head going, I'm only 34. (laughs) And Harry wants to know how it's happening because his mail is supposed to be blocked, but internal Hogwarts mail isn't. Right. And Neville lets him know, if any of them smell funny, don't open them because, you know, you don't want to get hit with a love potion or something. (laughs) Seven little bottles of love potion number nine. And then there's one from Ginny. Dear Harry. was actually not as bad as her canon one if we take the fan interpretation that it was her singing Valentine. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure it probably was. And then she Hermione says, gets something. Thank you again for saving us from the rat. You're my hero. Hope we can be friends next year. Happy Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's Hermione fine. gets one and she's going, oh dear, what is this? But it was it's from her cousin. Yes, uh, that works. Sullivan Folio. She says, oh, I should have got him one too. Darn. So she decides that maybe she'll send her cousin a note the next day. 
And that is where we're going to wrap it up for this week. Yeah. End of chapter 35. So that means we have 36 through 41 next, next week. Time. And that will wrap up our coverage of the accidental animages. If you are reading this, you will notice that there are a lot more chapters than that. There are currently 81, but chapter 41 is the end of first year. So we figured that was a good place to end things as far as the coverage goes. Yes. Especially since when I started this and put this on the list, we he hadn't even got to 41 yet. So he's actually written quite a bit since... I let him know that we were interested in podcasting, which is cool because well, I'm go. enjoying it. Maybe we're a uh, uh, inspiration. Who knows? Possibly. So, and I know that he'll want to do an author interview. So mm-hmm. we'll have to get that figured out when we get a little closer. So tune in next time for further adventures of the accidental animagus and his sister who wants to be a deliberate animagus and Operation Snape. Dun dun dun! Yes. Gonna get rid of that grease again if it's the last thing we do. Don't lie to me. Well, maybe somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, we hope you guys enjoyed our coverage so far and that you'll continue on. And we will say same bat time, same bat channel next week as we finish this out. Good night, everybody. Have a good time. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.